Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and the Pro Football Radio Senior Contributor, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge. Fellas, welcome in. How y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, but, you know, Burge's got the pants tent over here, but I mean, all in all, like, you know, another, another week, another... Another week of uh, NFL drama, you know, as the NFL turns. And, I mean, Jesus, the, the AFC, I mean, besides the the one seed, and we're going to get into that with New England locking that up pretty much. Not like they're punching their ticket as the number one seed, but they are far ahead the, the leaders in the clubhouse right now. Like, two through seven, like, it's still anybody's race at this point. This is... This is going to be compelling football to watch going down the stretch, Burgie, I know, I know you're doing great, uh, but get, give us a, give us insight as to what life is like as the uh, senior contributor of the podcast, coming off of a, a crucial win in the AFC East right now. This is probably the best I've felt since I joined on with you guys a year ago. <laughs> the last year has been very toxic when it comes to to, to foot the football. Uh, but toxic this, what are you talking about no, for me, for me what not, a not safe you guys. work environment not necessarily just you <laughs> puma, guys why, just overall why, puma why are you making this a toxic work environment for a bird what are you, what are you doing you've got to stop <laughs> with the say toxic. he puma, said toxic puma you gotta stop two with plus the two fraud equals hate. Four. you you perpetuate the bell fraud hate more than anybody i know okay <laughs> me me Dude, that, that goes back a decade that, that's, oh, that goes back a decade that goes back a decade I did not have a Twitter handle dedicated to hashtag FireBellafraud from weeks through three through seven. <laughs> was, stop it. I was, Let's I was stop trying, this. I was, I was trying to make a joke because obviously it was me. <laughs> no. Damn. Before you guys cut me off, I'm just saying I feel great right now. I mean, my my Patriots are doing great. You know, Tuka Rask from my Boston Bruins is practicing with the team. It's only a matter of time before he takes the net again. Feels like the sports world in Boston is finally coming back to the norm. And it, after the COVID year that we just went through and everything, it finally is a breath of fresh air and some zen for me. You know, you know, watching sports. I don't feel like I'm just gonna get go on Facebook and delete my Facebook because I'm getting in arguments with fans about about <laughs> the Patriots or the or the Bruins. So it, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. That's good. That's good. Let me set this up so that you can have the floor because I know you have a lot more to say. But last night on Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots traveled up to Buffalo to take on the seven and five Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Patriots came out with a victory in some uh, pretty interesting <laughs> ways to win a game. Uh, mm-hmm. The final score was 14-10, and because of the, the weather conditions, which included 50-mile-per-hour gust of winds, the uh, the Patriots ran the ball down the throw of the Buffalo Bills uh, for about 222 yards. Uh, the Patriots themselves didn't throw the ball either. Uh, they had three passing attempts for 19 yards in total. Uh, and then the Buffalo Bills on the other end, um, their main mode of attack was trying to, trying to beat the Patriots through the year. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out. But all that being said, Burge, I know you're super excited about the Patriots winning. Looks like they might, you know, get the number one seed in the AFC. Give us your initial thoughts. Uh, what did you like? What did you didn't like? And uh, just tell us how big is that pants tent action right now? <laughs> well, the pants tent action has been nonstop since about 1130 last night. We'll just start with that. But... Let me just ask you guys, have you guys ever seen weather conditions like this with the way the winds were going? I mean, we were sharing videos in our Twitter chat about, you know, watching the kickers warm up and watching these guys try to hit basically extra points. 
kick the ball and basically have it not reach reach the uprights into the wind like that for me that was absolutely absurd uh seeing that uh in in the warm-ups and obviously watching the kicks in the game it was a severe severe impact watching the patriots punt watching the kickoffs you know you know all the way down the board the wind was a major factor in this game um you know for me the patriots came out they basically gave the bills the playbook for the game we're going to run it down your throats and you got to stop us. And they continued to do it. You know, there were points in the game where I was like, will you just throw the ball once? I know, Jay, you were going on Twitter about it too. Like, it's you're, you're running on third and 14 and, you know, you're, you know you're going to punt because they're loaded nine in the box. And can we see a pass? But you know what? They stuck to the game plan. They were stubborn about it, almost too stubborn because of the way the game almost ended. Uh, but it worked. And, you know, I said it last week on the pod that, and I said it to you guys in the Twitter chat before the game that the weather conditions were going to benefit the Patriots in this game because of how dominant they are with running the ball. And that came right out. Uh, the Patriots rushed for over 200 yards, uh, capped off with a major uh, run by Damian Harris. I think it was 64 yards uh, with, with the Bills, lo- again, loading the box. And that ended up being the only score, the t- only touchdown of the game for the Patriots. Uh, so, I loved what they did. I loved how they committed to it. They stuck with it. You know, listening to to sports radio today, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, oh, does Bill not trust Mac to throw? Whatever, you know, this and that. They did exact. He did exactly what he what he, they asked him to do, and that was just to drop back, hand the ball off, and let the big boys up front win the battle in the trenches, and let the you know the two running backs that they have, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, just carry the team. Um, the Bills had no answer for it. They knew what was coming, and they just outright couldn't stop it. And it was it was fun to watch. It was stressful to the end, but you know, pants tent action came right out right after uh, Miles Bryant made that deflection uh, uh, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. I loved it. What I didn't love in this game was the Patriots throwing Nikhil Harry back into punt coverage. Or the punt return, the rub. Sorry, the punt return game. Why, 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 why are we choosing the game where the winds are all over the place to throw him as the deep guy in punt coverage? I can get if you're going to throw him as an up guy in in this kind of scenario. Fine, throw him up there. Why is Gunnar Oshevsky playing the 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 up guy role in in that punt return scheme? I don't get it. The Patriots had all the momentum at that point uh, when this when this play occurred. They were up eight nothing, and they just forced the. I think the Bills went three and out on this on this drive, and they let Nikhil Harry basically trips over himself, lets the ball hit him in the face. The Bills get the ball, you know, in the red zone, and one play touchdown. It's now eight seven. They gifted him seven points there. I don't get why why they decided at this point to bring him in there. Nikhil Harry has been an overall draft bust. He does one thing good for this team, and it was on display in this game, and that is his run blocking, with his, his crackback blocks. Uh, on the toss plays, I don't know if you guys saw Brian Baldinger's breakdown of a couple of the run plays that the Patriots were running. They were basically running with Harry out there as, you know, kind of the inside receiver with Michael Wenyu as an extra offensive tackle. And they basically were just alternating sides of the field and running the same play back to back to back to back, just switching switching which way they were running the ball. So that's that's the one blemish that I put on this game, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, because without that, 
you're talking about the Bills not scoring a touchdown in this game, and it looks even better than it did, you know, you know, right now. Overall, very excited to see what the Patriots do uh, coming out of their bye week in a couple weeks. They they do have to play the Bills again. Can't wait to be in attendance for that game. Um, but you know, they control their own destiny de- destiny uh, in terms of getting the the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. And listen, I'm uh, I'm kind of there with you as well for the most for the most part of what you said, and and for me personally, you know, as, as the guy that's been the the harshest um, on Bill Belichick for the last two years, and I I was sitting in all last night, uh, you know, I texted you a couple times, bro, just mm-hmm. giving him props because you know I I try to be as fair as possible, and last night you saw an absolute coaching clinic. I mean, that is that's the epitome of genius on Bill Belichick's part. You know, I know a lot of times New Englanders get like carried away with the whole genius thing. Um, you know, the whole chestnut checkers bullshit. Last night, it was not no chestnut checkers. It was just straight up, we're going to dominate you every single play, and you're not going to stop us. It was basically manhandling the trenches, running this way, running that way, just absolute domination. That's what I love the most. There was no trickery. There was no, like, you know, crazy scheme. It was just simply, we're going to line up. You can't stop us. We're going to run the same exact play, and that's what they did for 60 minutes straight. It was simple as that. And that's always, you know, great to see if you're a Patriots fan just because it shows me domination. On the other end, the Buffalo Bills side, I think this is an embarrassing loss of all time. Like, this might be one of the worst losses for the Bills that I can remember. And obviously, I remember the olden days with the with the four, you know, victory, the four falls of Buffalo. But uh, for, for that team to get run on... <laughs> In a very primitive high school offense, you know, Navy and Georgia Tech run this in the college game, and uh, it's it's nothing special. It's just lining them up and, and running it. Uh, I think this was as as embarrassing a loss I guess for Buffalo. So props to Bill Belichick. Uh, he won Coach of the Year last night. Um, mm-hmm. he, he had a tremendous game plan. Um, the only concerning part for me is, is Mac Jones, and this is what you know. A lot of people are are, are making these excuses today of. That's what the game plan was. That's what they wanted to do. I, for one, do not buy that he that Bill Belichick woke up, woke up on Monday and said, I'm going to throw the ball three times tonight. I'm sure that the game plan itself was going to be, you know, run dominant. But I do not for one second believe that there was going to be only three completions is what he want, what he wants to do going into that game. I think when he saw that first pass to John Smith, I was wide open in the flat and, and uh, Mac Jones floated it. I think at that point he decided, yeah, we're not throwing a, and we're not throwing the ball anymore. And you know, the best way I can illustrate this is if Mac Jones wasn't on the field last night and they took him off the field and ran Wildcat all night long, they would have had more success than having Mac Jones on the field. Just because in that in that place of Mac Jones, they could put an extra blocker. That's just how dominant they were in the running attack. And if they ran Wildcat all night long, I think it would have been even a, a more dominant performance on in the rushing attack. So. I'm concerned about Mac Jones. I always have been about his uh, his average skills when it comes to his arm talent. And, and last night that was not full display. But other than that, I, I think it was uh, I think it was just a masterpiece from Bill Belichick. Let's get the Bills t- Bills fan side of this thing. I mean, as uh, I mean, I guess the the one bright spot of this game is thank God the uh, two point conversion bet hit because uh, if if uh, I didn't win the, <laughs> the eighty two bucks, I was going to be pissed. But uh, I know, I mean, in actuality, like the the way I, I look at this game is I, just a bunch of a bunch of lost opportunities, and you know we could say what we want about the press conferences after, but like you know Sean McDermott was right in a sense of it was wasted opportunities they averaged starting field position at about the, their own 40 yard line where i think new england was averaging about 20 25 like factoring in the touchbacks or whatever 
and you know you, you only put up 10 points and some of the coaching decisions like that horrid challenge call like I'm, I'm sitting on my couch i'm like three whiskeys on the rocks in and you know uh-huh. i'm looking at it i was like all right like if drunk brandon is out here saying i don't think they're going to overturn this you probably shouldn't challenge it you probably shouldn't challenge it like that was just a wasted a, a wasted timeout that they could have really used at the end uh you know to stop the clock maybe you get a chance in the end zone with 40 seconds left you know if so facto but you know, the lost field position, the fumble by Brita, uh, you know, A.J. Epinesa, he had great plays at times. But, uh, you know, there are times where he's getting blocked out by Nikhil Harry and A.J. Epinesa has probably about 50 pounds on the dude. Like you you can't get blocked by a wide receiver. You got to lose that guy. You got to shake him off. You got to disrupt the play in the backfield. And. The, the amount of drop, I get it. I, I will give you the wind, but, you know, if anyone's going to throw the ball through the wind, it's going to be Josh Allen. The, the guy's like Uncle Rico out there with this, you know, the arm strength. But, you know, Dawson Knox, three brutal drops to kill drives. The, the, the other thing was a horrid, you know, false start. And, you know, in the, uh, the red zone, I think it was their fourth attempt down there that potentially could have, you know, gave them the game, uh, you know, take the, take the win from New England at that point. But, you know, at times it looked like I thought Dawson Knox was maybe taking a dive with just how bad he was playing <laughs> that game. And, you know, the, the the Bills running attack or lack thereof, I mean, it was on full display. I mean, they, Devin Singletary he really wasn't blasting through the tackles. Zach Moss really wasn't either. Brita, okay, you get the speed. But, I mean, he's not an in-between-the-tackles guy either. I, I would have liked to have seen him in space a little bit more. It, it, it was just massive loss opportunities at that point and you know for the defense yeah you gave up 200 plus yards but you only gave up 14 points like this offense had times to win this game and you know yeah josh allen takes a a brunt a little bit of the blame pie but i mean it's it's less than like to me it's one percent like if anything this is on the coaching staff the coaching decisions I don't know if Sean McDermott just gets so fired up playing Bill Belichick, like treating this as a Super Bowl that maybe logic kind of goes out the window. Like I, I, I don't know, um, but you know this team now they're they're the seventh seed. They're on the outs. They're potentially on the outside looking in, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. You're you're facing Tampa Bay. We're gonna get to that in a minute. You're gonna go back up to New England in two weeks, and then you know if it gets if it gets down to the wire, you. The, the Colts and the Steelers have tie breaks over you. So, like, you, you essentially have to win out at this point. And from what I've seen on this offense, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not going to bullshit anybody. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. From what I'm seeing on the offense, I don't know if they can. Like, I, I really, I really don't know if this Buffalo Bills team is going to be resilient enough and rally around the wagons here and, and win out the rest of the whole damn thing. Yeah. yeah and uh, I mean, go oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Birch. I was going to say, like, you, you hit on the coaching staff. And, you know, for me, I, when I saw this, this, this uh, you know, the fact that, you know, McDermott gets so fired up was on the delay of game call that was called, I think, against the Buffalo Bills where, you know, probably shouldn't have been called in this game. I mean, the clock had just hit zero. They had just snapped the ball and they flagged him for five yards. And you see you the, the camera um, hones in on Sean McDermott and he's having an aneurysm on the sideline about it and after that i mean you could just see it you could see uh his body language throughout the game 
you could tell there, there's some sort of psychological thing there when it comes to playing the Patriots, uh, you know, you know, for McDermott. But on Josh Allen, I mean, you you watch him, you watch him in the pocket. There were a couple times where he missed guys that were were open down the field because when he gets pressure and he feels the pressure, his head comes down and he starts looking for the escape out of that pocket, and he ends up missing the guys that are open. Uh, it happened a few times last night. And, you know, he ends up scrambling out. You know, he does get the throw off. I mean, the throw, I think it was the third down play uh, on the last drive where he was all over the place, got out, threw the ball to Dawson Knox in the end zone. Fantastic defensive play by Adrian Phillips. He got his hand in there. I don't fault Dawson Knox for not catching that ball. That was a great defensive play by Phillips in the end zone there. He did, and I will say this, Dawson Knox did have himself a very bad day. Uh, a couple of drops, a bad false start penalty. Um, you know, drive killers. And, you know, the press conferences after the game by both uh, McDermott and Hyde and Pointer, I mean, for me, uh, and we talked about this a bit last night, like, it seems like this team is very, if they haven't already, they are very close to cracking. And the GOAT Tom Brady could end up doing it for this team next week when they go down to Tampa, and I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I, I just, I see, I sent the gif to you guys last night. These, This team just seems soft. They were not winning in the trenches against, against the Patriots. The Patriots dominated bo- both sides of the ball uh, in the trenches with, in terms of toughness. I, I just don't I don't see it uh, in this Bills team. Yeah, right. with Sean McDermott, man, I um, I, I walking away from that game last night, I thought the reason why the Patriots ran all over the Bills was because you know the Bills just didn't have the horses <laughs> to stop the uh, the Patriots' rushing attack. This morning, as I'm looking a little bit deeper into some of the film that's coming out. You know, did you guys catch on that during the uh, the end of the third quarter, before the fourth quarter, uh, there was this video of uh, Sean McDermott and who's it, uh, Milano? Is that the linebacker name? Is that his name? Yeah. They were having a conversation, and after that conversation, beginning of the fourth quarter, on back-to-back drives, he basically just flew through the line and started uh, causing some havoc for the rushing attack for the Patriots, right? And they're pointing it out. They're pointing on the Monday broadcast that, you know, it looks like they made an adjustment there where, you know, Milano is basically getting a, uh, a red light to just basically mm-hmm. crash the line and, and stop the rushing attack. Now, why wasn't that adjustment made earlier? Like, that's the one thing that I don't understand why, you know, this late into the game, in in the middle in the middle of the fourth quarter, Mac Jones has attempted attempted one pass. Why is why wasn't that adjusted made earlier on, like maybe even halftime, right? Um, so that's definitely something on Sean McDermott's page you got to keep an eye on. And, and then Josh Allen, like listen, I, I, I'm a fan of Josh Allen's, but I gotta be real with you. I I think he has regressed a little bit this year. Um, there's definitely throws and windows that he's not seeing properly. And you know, at the end of the game, when he threw that pass to the left. He had Cole Beasley wide open, streaking to the right. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like somebody was trying to explain this on Twitter that it seems like he predetermined that he was going to go to this spot, and he threw the ball without really reading coverage. And I get that there was an engage uh, engage eight blitz coming, so basically, you know, it, you got to get the ball as soon as possible. But if he would have just read the field a little, a quick, a snap second quick, uh, later on, he could he would have seen that Cole Beasley was wide open. I'll just say I called yeah. that regression. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, like, hell, we, we were even talking about it before the season. I mean, this was before we even did that that MVP bet. Like, I was expecting a bit of regression. I didn't think it was going to be like this. But, like, you look at what happened with Mahomes, he regressed the following year. You look at what happened with Lamar, he regressed the following year, too. 
Um, I, I just I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on with this offense because it's it's almost like all facets of the game. Like the, there really hasn't been much of a connection between Diggs and Allen. Like I guess like Cole Beasley's kind of been like the consistent factor. Gabe Davis has been kind of the consistent factor. Uh, there really hasn't been a connection with Emmanuel Sanders. You know, Brian Dable isn't really getting Allen on the move out of the plot out of the pocket doing like dynamic style plays. So like I I, I really I really do not know what what is causing the the monkey to go on the wrench here and just just real quick just for like the press conference stuff and again like we were talking about this offline like the the reporter that this jerry sullivan fella he's a local reporter for buffalo he asked questions to to mcdermott and poyer and and hyde and essentially asked uh, and i think this is basically a direct quote like you know how embarrassing is this loss after giving up this many yards and first time in like x amount of years I get what he's doing. Like, I, I understand what you're trying to do. Like, you, you get an attention. You, you, clicks drive the media. Like, it is what it is. Like, that's a discussion for another day. Um, but it, it's provocative. Yes. Is the question out of line? Somewhat. But, like, as an athlete, like, you're going to have to answer the hard questions. Um, I, I think given the circumstances coming right off the field, like I think they could have gone a lot worse than what they actually handled it as. And, you know, a lot of people in the media also seem to agree with that as well, too. They could have been a little bit more tacked. I'm not saying put kid gloves on with the, with the reporter and the questions, but looking at the history of this fella, uh, from what I've seen, he has a penchant of doing that. It's almost like that reporter that has beef with Baker Mayfield out in Cleveland that we, we all remember from a couple of years ago. Colin Coward? I'm not saying, uh, no, not Colin coward the the local guy that jerry or something i don't don't remember what his name is but like you know we saw this on twitter last night like greg bedard saying this this team's coming unglued let's let's pop the brakes here like that that guy hates the bills as much as florio loves tyson Taysom hill so like unglued is the bridge too far uh it was beetle it wasn't it wasn't bedard it was beetle who said it i don't know you you said something from but yeah, you said something about from uh, from Bedard also. He saying, followed uh, suit. He followed suit. Yeah, yeah. So the two of them said it. Either way, one out of the two lo- hates the Bills as much as Florio Me. loves. You know, Florio loves uh, Taysom Hill here, and for some reason, he also has a hard on against Josh Allen, which is a discussion for yeah. another day too. But I like mean, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is here is. I, I think it's a bridge too far. I'm not saying it's they're coming unglued. You know, like I, they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to be resilient. They're going to have to get tough. And you know, Star Lutalele is going to have to get involved more. I understand he was coming off the COVID list and coming off of the injury injury reserve too for being dinged up a bit. But like he is a key factor in that run stopping game. And he was on a pitch count last night. So. Yeah. I mean, I I have no issue with that question. You know, being pointed at these players. I mean. Given the expectations for this Bills team at the beginning of the season, that's an absolutely fair question to ask. This team was expected to be in the Super Bowl and in getting that one seed in the AFC. And they so far have really, really underperformed those expectations in the beginning of the year. And we all know how the Bills Mafia fan base is. They're very passionate. As, you know, as much as I hate them, they're very passionate about their team. And, you know, they deserve to hear from the players about that. You know, I have absolutely no problem with them asking that question to both the coach and to those players. Yeah. And, and I don't understand what Poyer's response was. Like, I understand the question was a little provocative. I get that, Puma. I'll give you that much. Because embarrassing mm-hmm. is a little bit of a trigger word. But 
there's no lies told there. I mean, that is an embarrassing loss. The Patriots ran six plays all game long, and you couldn't stop them. That's absolutely embarrassing. But Poirier's response, like, dude, what are you going to do? What are you going to remember? The way he was talking was like, oh, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Not go to the meet, not go do your interview at the end of the game next week? Like, what are you going to meet him in the parking lot and beat him up? Like, I just, I just didn't like the Tony ad, the way he was coming out. Um, it just seemed a little, um, just like, like I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it just, I just didn't like the vibe I got from, from the way his tone was about Olive Member and, and the future and all this other bullshit. I agree with that. And, you know, they they made a comment about, oh, we gave up 14 points. But, I mean, like you said, Jay, they ran six plays. You knew the whole game what this team was going to run against you. They basically said, we're gonna here's the playbook. We're going to run these plays. Stop us. And they just could not do it. Yeah, and and you know I don't buy into the unglued part um, just yet, and you know I, I do side with you here, Puma, because I just have this vehement hate for Greg Bitchass Bedard. I do believe okay. next week is the ride or die game for the for the buck uh, for the Buffalo Bills, and if they lose that game, that's when things can get unglued. You you heard a little panic in in the in the voices of the the Bills last night. But moving forward, the 7-5 Bills are traveling down to Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play the 9-3 Buccaneers in Tampa. And like I said, if they lose this game, this is where the unglued part could come because the season could unravel at that point. So Puma, right off the bat, give me your initial impressions of who you got winning this game. <laughs> logic? Logic says Tampa Bay. I mean, mm-hmm. you lost... You lost Tre'Davious White uh, in, in the uh, in the secondary uh, to the to that knee injury. That's a, that's a huge loss to the secondary, especially with the potent weapons that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have on offense. With you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, you know Gronk, you know Antonio Brown's not going to be here. He's probably going to be cut by the time he's riding out this three game suspension. But like Scotty Miller is probably going to have a, a you know a okay day appearance and and Johnson and whatnot like and he is a, a decent tackler in the run defense as well too so like you know you're gonna have Leonard Fournette getting his and I, I think this is going to be somewhat of a high scoring game just because of the secondary for Tampa Bay I mean they're still on they're, they're on the men but like it's I don't think it's really anything that should scare anybody um, so I think Josh Allen is gonna have uh, potential to air it out and get on the same page with Stefan Diggs and and Emmanuel Sanders and I think they're going to try to feature Dawson Knox to shake off the drops that he had last night against the Pats on Monday Night Football but I mean logic wise here it's Tampa they're at home you know they they're kind of cruising if I think if they win this game and maybe one or two other teams lose they already clinch a playoff berth um, logic says Tampa Bay, I'll be the contrarian here. I guess this is going to be like my picket's charge. I'm going to take Buffalo to cover the three and to squeak out a win last minute and to keep their season on life support at this point. Uh, because, uh, like you said, Jay, if, if they don't win, it's 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 almost a wrap and the tiebreakers don't fall in their favor. So this is this is going to be the Bills' last stand, and that's kind of where I'm at with this team. Yeah, and I'll go quickly real quick, Bart, before you jump in. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Buccaneers to win as well, just just because the Buccaneers are starting to round into form as well as they were 
last year at this time. Um, you saw a couple of weeks ago, you know, they were starting to win in different ways now. Before, early in the year, it was just Tom Brady throw a million, a million times and they'll, they'll win that way. But a couple of weeks ago against the Colts, they ran the ball like crazy. They pulled a Jonathan Taylor on the Colts. Leonard Fournette had four touchdowns uh, and it was a ground and pound attack. Last week, they were indoors. Uh, it was a dome, so they just threw the ball all over the yard, and Tom Brady threw up 386 yards and four touchdowns. So I think the, the Buccaneers are going to win this. The weather's supposed to be nice. It's 72 degrees. Uh, no 50-mile-per-hour wind. It's going to be nice and cool down there. So I do expect Josh down with the Bills to get back on track uh, with their passing attack and score some points. But ultimately, I just think... Where this Bucks team is going with that defense and some of the players coming back off of uh, injuries, um, I think this Buccaneers team is starting around in form and just might be too much for the Bills. Uh, Jay, you kind of hit it on the head there with where I was going with this. I think that the Bills are reeling right now. Uh, the last thing they want to see after seeing Bill Belichick come in and run all over them is to see the guy who's had unbelievable success uh against them over the course of his three. career 32 and 3 in 20 years <laughs> that's exactly and you know like you i think the the buccaneers are rounding a bit into form gronk seems healthy mm-hmm. had himself a day last week um it, look I, I there's nothing that the bills have shown me pretty much since they beat kansas city that makes me think that they can go into tampa bay and beat tom brady um it's the one week of the year that you're going to see me toss around Bruce Arians' gifs in the Twitter chat. Um, Let's go, BA, I'm, legend. I'm going to be all on the Bruce Arians train this week. Um, you know, I, it is a little bit of a must-win game for the Buffalo Bills uh, if they have a you know want to have a real shot at least not avoiding that seven seed. And you know, the Buffalo Bills in two weeks are going to be massive New England Patriot fans as they play as they uh, they travel to play the Indianapolis Colts. So. Um, the Bills kind of lost their control of their own destiny a little bit here, at least in terms of the division. Um, they may squeak into the playoffs is like a seven scene based on, you know, the teams that they're, that they're, um, you know, going up against uh, the Steelers, the Browns, you know, that kind of cream of the crop. But, you know, I, I'm with you, Jay. I'm with the Bucks here. I think the, the current spread was uh, Bucks favored by three and a half last time I looked. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks to win outright. I do believe, like you said, Jay, it, it will be a little bit of a shootout. But I, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. Uh, you know, playing against the Buffalo Bills, he absolutely owns that franchise, and I expect that to continue. Uh, you know, next week I'll be uh, be glued to the TV for that game uh, as well. My boy Parker Puma, you're going to be very happy. He was uh, he was really having a hard time picking this game. He liked to grab. Uh, both the uh, both the little snacks we put on both cards, and he grabbed oh. both of them, and we it was like he had them both up to his mouth, and he slipped the Bills one in first. So he's going with the Bills, but this is the one I'm picking against my my little guy on this one. Hopefully, he doesn't make me pay for it. Buccaneers are going to win this game. Parker goes Bills. Let's nice. go, BA. Let's get the Kango caps going. Bruce Arians, let's go. I feel bad for BA because he, he was limping the other day, and they asked him what was wrong with him, and he said. He has an inflamed Achilles because he was just running and trying to get into shape. Wow. <laughs> he's guy, also a 70-year-old guy. Too. <laughs> it looks like he's a guy that wakes up and pounds a couple of whiskeys, and then he goes to work, and he's out there. Yeah, yeah he's not a Pabst Blue Ribbon guy. That's, that's straight yeah. whiskey first thing in the morning. Look at that bird. Look at look at what has happened. I'm saying Belichick's a genius. We're agreeing on BA. What a wonderful time. 
Like wow. I said, it's the one week for me. One week, you're going to get it out of me. <laughs> Next thing you know, maybe peace will be solved in the Middle East. Stay tuned. Listen, if me, if me and Burge can find common ground, listen, I'm just a realist. I just speak my mind. I see what I see on TV, and then I just say that. I don't make up fantasy worlds about everything else that goes into the whole Belchick debate. What are you insinuating? Nothing. You oh, know. Here we go. Anywho, <laughs> next game. What's the next game, Chief? We've got the eight and four injury riddled Baltimore Ravens traveling up to Cleveland to take on the six and six Browns. Uh, a little bit of a last down for the last stand for the Browns here as well. Looks like it's a must win game for them. So Puma, who do y'all win this game? Oh God! I mean, like uh, the spread right now, I believe was. About two and a half, three, depending on what book you're looking at here. Oh, God. Like, it's a crap fest, dude. Like, I mean, you have the the, the triage unit known as the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, they just lost Marlon Humphrey to a torn pack. He's done for the year. Tackling has been a bit of an adventure uh, for this Baltimore Ravens team. They've been littered with injuries throughout the entire season at this point. Uh, the secondary can be beat even if Marlon Humphrey was in there. But on the other side, you have like the walking operation game board dude in the form of Baker Mayfield with all these injuries. And um, I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Baltimore only because you know you saw in the last play uh, against the the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were they were holding on for dear life and then they lost the lead. I mean, John Harbaugh has faith in his guys, and he's going to go for two, and he's going to stick by his philosophy here. And uh, I, I just like the, the Baltimore Ravens slightly more right now than, than Cleveland, even with that running game. We just saw the, the matchup two weeks ago uh, before the Browns went on their bye week, and you know Kevin Stefanski had some questionable coaching calls and decisions and roster management moves. I mean – I, I don't know. I mean, how healthy do we all think Baker Mayfield is with the bye week? I, honestly, I don't think that much, like at all, uh, just given how much uh, how, how much he's been dinged up here. Uh, but I think they are going to have some success through the air. I think it is going to be a bit of a shootout. I would not be surprised if Donovan Peoples-Jones finds his way in the end zone. That might be a player prop I'm going to probably bet on Sunday. Uh, but give me give me Baltimore at this point. I, I, just, I just like the – you know, the Harbaugh-ness and the, the wavos it takes to, to have faith in your guys. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Baltimore here. I think they're going to get the sweep of, of Cleveland, and, you know, I think that's going to be bye-bye birdie for the Browns. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Cleveland Browns here, um, mostly because just the amount of injuries the Ravens have, have on this, uh, this team is just unreal. Right now, they lost uh, Humphreys to a torn pack. Uh, you know, they're already down two corners now, two tailbacks, left tackle for the season. The injuries are starting to pile up and they're starting to severely affect their offense. I mean, they haven't scored more than 20 points in, what, five straight weeks now? Um, mm-hmm. So there's some serious concerns for the Ravens. On, on the other end, the Cleveland Browns, they're going to be a little bit more healthier just because they've given Baker Mayfield two weeks off now. I think he's really going to need that. And they're also in a do-or-die situation. We're getting to the point of the season now where you've got to start, put, uh, start putting winning uh, wins on the board. And the Browns are in a do-or-die situation. So give me the Browns. I don't feel that great in it. But if Baker Mayfield has two weeks to rest up and the Ravens are just injury-riddled, give me the Browns. Yeah, Jay, I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm uh, Give me the Browns to win this game. Uh, you know, Baltimore seems to be in a bit of a free fall right now. Uh, you know, obviously they're absolutely injury ridden. You just you just listed it all out. I mean, Lamar Jackson's thrown eight picks in his last four games. He threw four against Cleveland uh, in that Week Twelve matchup. Obviously, they ended up prevailing in that game. 
Um, but like you, I, I, I think that, that we're going to start seeing the, the Ravens, uh, you know, kind of dwindle out here down the stretch. They do have a very tough schedule going down, uh, you know, in the last weeks of the season here. Uh, the offense has not been been efficient. Lamar Jackson has really, you know, he he, had, he started off, he had some, you know, the, you were kind of t- talking about him kind of early on in the MVP race, uh, you know, in the league going forward. But, you know, as of late, he really hasn't done done a whole heck of a lot. I mean, he throws a better pass in that two-point conversion. Maybe, you know, they, they walk away with a win there. It was a gutsy call. They do have Justin Tucker there, so... I, I I get the decision by John Harbaugh. I don't hate it, but I don't love it at the same time. It's just kind of like a meh kind of feeling out of it. Um, obviously, it cost his team big time. They lost a one seed with that uh, with that loss. Give me Cleveland here. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are healthy. Hopefully, that after that bye week, the uh, you know Baker Mayfield gets you know gets a little bit more right uh, going forward. Obviously, it's going to be a do or die game for them, but. Give me, give me Cleveland to you know, you know, win here again at home. I believe they are playing at home. Give me Cleveland to win and cover the the two and a half right now. Um, Parker agrees with you and I, Jay. He's going with the Cleveland Browns. All of these picks for Parker were the uh, of the option of which which one of his snacks did he put in his mouth first because he loved to grab both <laughs> of them. I don't think he feels all that great about any of these matchups this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole Lamar Jackson thing, you know, the one thing he's really got to keep an eye on is these turnovers. Um, he has 13 interceptions so far. Only 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, I think he's regressed a little bit to the pack as well. And you're starting to see a lot of these quarterbacks in that draft class or from that time period where it's like, you know, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Baker or Lamar. It seems like the league is starting to figure them out a little bit. Um, you know, we always say that. Sometimes we don't mean it. But I do feel like a lot, of, you know, especially with now the blueprint on on Lamar is just blitz everybody, blitz them all day, every day, and see what happens because he seems to have issues picking up the blitz. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get out of that slump a little bit and start to continue his MVP like performance here early in the year. If I had to guess, probably not, just because those injuries are a lot to overcome. He's not that dude where he's gonna essentially, um, you know, lift that team up. So, um, all right, so let's uh, let's move on to the eight and four. Dallas Cowboys taking on the six and four Washington football team and Puma. Everybody on YouTube wants you to know that David Arnett <laughs> is not the best cornerback for the Washington football team. <laughs> well, I mean, the Washington football team won in a slow grinding football game. And listen, I, I I love me I love me some Raider Nation. I love the fan base that the Raiders, both in Vegas and in Oakland, have. So, yeah, was it a flub? Yeah, you're right. I, I botched it with Casey Hayward, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, but they, uh, they, the Washington football team, they got a win on the road, a crucial win, especially looking at Dallas taking care of their business on Thursday and, uh, and the Eagles taking care of their business against the Jets. Like, they had to win that game against the Raiders, and by hook or by crook, they did it. And um, this is a key matchup. I mean, going down the stretch, this is going to be, in my opinion, some must watch football at mm-hmm. this point because Washington's next you know next four or five games they're all divisional opponents you play Dallas twice you get the Eagles and then you get um you get the Giants I believe two times as well two if I'm correct but it's all divisional games for so it's gonna come down the uh, I mean sorry for uh, for Washington okay. Dallas has divisional games but the the second to last week they play the Arizona Cardinals but 
No, this is going to be great. I, I, I got Washington winning this game. They're four-point dogs at home. Uh, the over-under is 48-and-a-half. Uh, but this defense, we, I've said it the last two weeks, the defense for the Washington football team, it's really come into form, and this is the defense that I think we all thought we were going to see when you know the start of the year with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, Montez Sweat's still out with a fractured jaw. I don't know if he's going to be back this game. Uh, more than likely, he might have a shot next week. I guess because it's kind of on the early end of the recovery time for a fractured jaw. Chase Young has been out with the with the torn ACL, but I mean this defense has been holding its own. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne up the middle, causing havoc. Uh, Ioannidis at the linebacker position. What I want to see out of Washington is uh, what's going to happen with uh, with the with their with their safety. Uh, I'm spacing his name. Uh, Collins, I believe uh, he was he was out. He missed the game with the with the foot injury. Uh, and we saw that the tackling did take a hit uh, at times because it was a bit sloppy against the Raiders. Um, but if he's back in this game, it's going to be crucial. Um, I think you're going to have to get, you know, a still slow grinding air sucking drives uh, to keep this Dallas offense off the field. I'd like to see J.D. McKissick in space, maybe take advantage of Leighton Vander Esch uh, in space because a couple of those big plays that the Dallas Cowboys gave up to the Saints the previous Thursday, they targeted Leighton Vander Esch a bit. So I, I like Washington here. I want to see what Dallas is going to do with Zeke's workload because of his knee injury. I, I think we're going to see a little bit more Tony Pollard just to get him in space a bit more. But uh, give me Washington, dude. Give me Washington getting four points at home. The Heineke or Heineke, the Heineke train is going to keep rolling. The kids got moxie. This team has got moxie. And I'm all here for all the post-game videos of Ron Rivera dropping F-bombs and throwing rocks at boards and, and whatnot. Give, give, it, give it to me. I want to see this. And I want Washington to, to come out with the victory and surprise some people and win the NFC East in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Dallas to win this game. Um, you know, the, the past few games the Heinlicky uh <laughs> led offense uh has not really uh put up a lot of points. Yes, they've controlled the clock. They've rushed effectively with Antonio Gibson. Um, but I think that this Dallas offense has too much talent. Uh, last week I think was a little bit of a get right game for for Dallas after their Thanksgiving loss. <coughs> they you know, they came out, they handled the Saints, which, again, the Saints are the Saints. You know, Taysom Hill, you know, was a turnover machine in that game. Um, but, you know, Amari Cooper had just come back in that game, uh, you know, from his two weeks out with COVID. Uh, I like Dallas to get right. Uh, even if Zeke is on a, on a pitch count, I have full faith in Tony Pollard to kind of carry the load. Uh, you know, he had himself a day, you know, he only had seven carries in that Saints game, but he rushed for, I believe, 70-something yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, give me the Cowboys here. I, I uh, The Cowboys are going to win this division. I, For me, there's no doubt in my mind at this point that they're they're going to handle their business and win the division uh, going into the playoffs. They're still, in my eyes, in that upper echelon of the NFC uh Maybe a, a small step below, like the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, etc. Um, but yeah, give me the Cowboys here. They're gonna uh, they're gonna win. I, I, they're getting three and a half on the road right now. I I, I like them to cover that and, and to win outright. And uh, the Shark Parker again, like I said, he had a hard time this week making his picks, but he did pick the Cowboys in this game. 
Coming off a three and one week last week, you kind of got to trust him. Man, this is a fade Parker week for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've only agreed on one pick, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Now, Puma, what's uh since you're the resident of Washington football team fan, what's uh what's the significance of throwing the rock against the wall? I believe it has a David versus Goliath reference to it. Um, this was kind of going back to the the Tampa Bay game uh, where they were basically written off for dead. And, I mean, hell, even I wrote them off for dead two weeks before on the podcast. And, uh, you know, they, it became David versus Goliath, and they didn't have a slingshot, but they had a rock, and they're throwing it against a wall. And, I mean, everybody's buying in. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's buying into this. The town is buying into it. And, uh and I'm all here for it. Uh, the other thing, though, to watch is what is this offense going to look like without Logan Thomas? That's like true. He had a, he had the knee injury. Maybe Ricky Seals Jones is, is going to come back. He, I think he was out with a concussion. That's definitely something to watch. I'm going to be looking at the practice reports. But uh, you know, the captain Jay, what do you, what do you got in this game? I kind of want to guess you're going to go Dallas. I think I'm going to be on my island here with Washington football team colors. No, I'm going to go with the Washington football team here. Oh! Yeah, because okay. I, think, I think the Washington football team has a good enough defense to, you know, slow down the Dallas Cowboys. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the teams are going to split the series, right? So I'm just going to lean because Washington's at home here. They're going to win this one. And then Dallas is going to win the one uh, down in, in, uh, in, in Cowboy land. So I, I think the only concern for me with the Washington football team is, you know, they're playing great defense the last five weeks. I get that. And they're playing great ball control uh, offense. However, what's it gonna what's going to happen when, let's say, Dallas goes up by 10 points on Sunday? Like, can't Taylor Heineke throw them back into the game? Um, I I think um, maybe he can. Uh, he has enough moxie. I've seen enough of his games where I feel like he's a very confident individual. So maybe he can. But I just want to see it once to see if he can actually do it. And then I'll feel more comfortable with that team. But at the moment, I will roll with the Washington football team just because they're at home. And I do believe they're going to split the series. Sick. And, and like you said, uh, the rest of their schedule for the Washington football team is going to be Cowboys this weekend, Eagles next weekend, Cowboys again the weekend after that. Again, Eagles and then Giants. So it's basically NFC East all the way home. And they do control their destiny. If they win all these games, they're going to win the division. Um, it just comes down to the defense is playing well. Running attack is there. Can't tell Haneke get them these five wins. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, now that the Buffalo Bills are a little petering a little bit, is this your, is this your team now? The Washington football team? <laughs> is this the one nah, you're going to be? Nah, Bandwagon hey, jumping, as, baby. As soon as, as soon as that T-shirt, you, you know, y'all just trying to troll, but as soon as that T-shirt, the legend of Taylor <laughs> Heineke came out last year, I bought that shit because that could do that kid. That kid showed me a lot of moxie. And I, I will say this as a critique. Like, he doesn't have a world beater of an arm. He never will. Uh, but, you know, when – he does. He does all right with. The, he does good with the ball placement. If he misses, he misses high. And against mm-hmm. Dallas with Diggs, you know the dice throwing, gambling type of type of cornerback. If you're going to miss high and, and Diggs is there, it's going to be a very bad day at the office for Heineke. So you're you're going to have to be on point with the ball control. But I mean, the kid the kid avoids sacks like it's nobody's business. Everybody is buying into this team, into this kid, and rallying around him. So I'm, I'm all here for it, dude. Don't even yeah. try to troll, man. I've been the no, champion no, of the Heineke bandwagon. I would never troll. Okay, I'm all about integrity over yeah, here. Yeah, okay. Dripping <laughs> with integrity. No, but you do have a point, Puma. You know, his obviously his arm strength isn't the best. 
Um, and he's got to win with anticipation, and that's the one area where I can critique him a little bit. He seems to be uh, a little late on some throws. He doesn't see the field as clearly as he should. Um, you know, we say this is what, like, 12th start or whatever it is, but he's been in the league for four years now. I feel like he should have that anticipation down to more to a science. So if he can fix those, just those little, uh, you know, minor adjustments here and there, I think he'd be a really good quarterback, man. His legs, he's like the white Michael Vick out there sometimes. Yeah, I, I will say this about sex. him. I will say this about him. It seems like Ron Rivera is doing a good job in terms of putting him in a position to succeed. Uh, over the last four weeks, his worst completion percentage is 72. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's completing quite a few of his passes uh, above average. That's for sure. Um, you know, he completed 76 of it, percent of, uh, of his passes last week, 77, 72, and then 81 against the box. So he, you might be onto something there, and you know, don't make me hate him, Puma, because you, you're going down that route. <laughs> How am I going down that route, man? Yeah, don't yeah, even well, start. You're the one calling him Heindlicky. I'm not even saying shit. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I'm just, I'm just repeating what the, just what, the, what the YouTube hate, commenter said. You That's just hate saying. if somebody's happy. That's what it is about you, all right? I you choose just, violence. You, you I choose just, violence. You just try to destroy people's happiness. That's what that is. All right? Somebody kicked your puppy when you're a kid, right? I know. Just come out I despise it. bandwagon jumpers. We'll just say that. Oh, yeah, really jumping the bandwagon. Oh. Everyone's rushing to the Washington football team bandwagon over here. You are. Please. Man, I've been, I, I had that pen in before the season even started, dude. And, come on. The, soon as and you that, wrote them off, and now they lost five in a row, and you wrote them off, and now you're right back on. Hey, easy coming from the fence rider over there that didn't want to put expectations to go to the playoffs on the, on the pass. So hey. let's stop this here. Let's hey. stop this. Hey. Let's hey. stop this. Hey. It's easy to step over the bar when it's two okay. inches off the ground. Let's that go to the true. next game. Okay. That is okay. true. Okay. He's, okay. He's got a good point there. He does have a good point okay. there. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, okay. move on. Want to go down a rabbit hole? We can move. go down a rabbit hole, but let's, I'm not for it tonight. <laughs> Let's move on to 6-6 six and six Las Vegas Raiders traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-4 uh, to play them. And, uh, you know, the one thing we want to point out here is that Damon Arnett is not the best cornerback for the Los, Las Vegas Raiders. Just want to point that out, Puba. <laughs> I can feel the hate. I can feel the hate. <laughs> Puba, are you still there? Maybe he's not. I lagged out a little bit there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you, I, I heard you at Damon Arnett, and then it just went cricket. So if we're still live, if we're still live, are we, are we still recording? All right, this, we're good. We're this good. is great. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna guess, Jay, you let off in. I guess this is kind of what Ray Charles felt like playing the piano. I'm going to guess. Wow. I'm going to guess this is what you what you were what, what you were going off with of. You know, we're going to take a little jab at Brandon because he was an idiot last week. Uh, but we're going to break down this uh, this AFC Clash of the Titans in uh, an arrowhead. Uh, I'll go off first real quick. I got Kansas City winning this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have the Raiders covering the nine and a half uh, just because looking at the Denver Broncos game. Yeah, the Chiefs did win. Uh, but, I mean, this really could have been a 13-10 game uh, in favor of the Chiefs. I mean, if it wasn't for a really bad special teams play and, uh, and really horrid quarterback play uh, from, from Denver, uh, this probably could have been a, a much closer game than anticipated. This defense is rounding into form. Uh, Melvin Ingram has been a, a, an absolute 
you know, stud of an ad uh, at the trade deadline. And everything seems to be clicking together. And I, I don't know if that's just what happens with Steve Spagnuolo defenses. I mean, we can go all the way back to his days as a defensive coordinator with the Giants, where the beginning part of the season seems a bit of an adventure. And as the season goes along, they seem to start grasping the concept of the defense more and more. Uh, the offense seems to be taking shape a little bit more. Kelsey not really getting that involved seems to be eyebrow raising to me at times. He's showing a little bit more frustration to me uh, watching the games when he's not getting involved or if he's having the, these some bad drops at times. But um, uh, I like Kansas City here. I mean, the Raiders, yeah. looking at what they what they've gone through this year, it just everything that just caught up to them. They created their season. The coaching decisions with. Some of the play calling has been eyebrow raising at time to time. Derek Carr, I'm not going to bury his play, uh, but I mean the stats true. When they throw for 300 yards more or more, they're six and zero. Anything other than that, they they have a losing record. So um, give me Kansas City, but I have the Raiders covering the nine and a half. Yeah, the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders have a lot going against them. Me and my sister were watching that Raiders Washington football team game on Sunday. And like I was just pushing all her buttons the wrong way, to the point where <laughs> to the point where she looked at me. She's like, "I really you? want to punch you in the face." No, <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. No, she's 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 a very sweet Stop person. She, she she's one of those that doesn't like choose violence. She's a very nice person, and uh, she was this like, I'm, just gonna, "I'm gonna punch you so hard." <laughs> Listen, so I'm hard. gonna I'm gonna keep this sweet and simple. I I have no faith in the Raiders, man. I feel like they're on the brink of. Just too much shit happened this year for them to actually make a run. And it seems like as the, the weeks go on, the Raiders aren't legit. The Broncos aren't legit. Uh, it seems like the Chargers aren't legit either. I mean, there's there's one week where they're absolutely amazing and another week where they're crap. So I think it's the Chiefs' division to lose. And you're right, Puma. That offense, I'm sorry, that defense is rounding into form. I mean, some of these uh, defensive performances they had the last like three, four weeks have been pretty spectacular. So... Um, Give me the, the Chiefs here, and what I really want to see out of this Chiefs defense is next week, because next Thursday Night Football is the Chiefs going so far to play the Chargers, and who knows if it's an actual good week for the Chargers, they can throw up some points on this on this Chiefs team, and we'll see how that game pans out. But for the moment, give the Chiefs. Yeah, Puma, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this. I think that, that Kansas City is going to win this game, but I do have the Raiders covering. I think it's a nine-point spread right now. I, I do have the Raiders covering. Um, again, you guys kind of hit all the points on the head about how their defense is rounding into form. I remember, Puma, you and I were on the podcast, uh, just us, when we did the trade deadline special, and you you did bring up about how that could be a sneaky good ad, and it has really paid dividends for the Chiefs' defense. Uh, that being said, I their offense, I mean, th- Patrick Mahomes is taking the easy throw now. I mean, he's not trying to air it out everywhere like he was doing earlier in the season when they were having their struggles. But that being said, I for this team, to, in my opinion, to make an absolute, like, to, to contend for the Super Bowl, they're going to have to get back to some of those big plays. Because I think teams are going to start figuring out what they're doing and are going to, you know, you know scheme for it and, and, and be ready for it. Uh, you kind of touched on Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill had a couple of bad drops in this game against Denver the other night as well. So there is a bit of concern there. I mean, they haven't really put up a whole heck of a lot of points that we're, you know, used to uh, being accustomed to with this Chiefs team. I mean, they put up, uh, you know, the 22 against against the Broncos and only 19 against the Cowboys. So, 
you know, a couple weeks ago they put up 13 against the Packers when, you know, you were playing against Jordan Love. So there, there is a little bit of concern there, uh, you know, if I'm a Chiefs fan about how, you know, what's going to come of this this Chiefs offense once they make, make the playoffs. But I'm with you guys. I think that this is the Chiefs division to lose. And as a Patriots fan uh, sitting atop the conference right now, they are the one team that really mm-hmm. would scare me. Uh, in the event that I have to play them in the playoffs just because we know what they're capable of uh, in years past, and they have a lot of the same personnel there, and they seem to have a uh, significantly improved defense. So uh, give me the Chiefs to win, but the Raiders to cover the nine points here. Uh, Parker is going with the Raiders. Uh, He is going to pick them to cover the nine points. I think he, uh, again, unsure where he was going to go, so he took the the, uh, more valuable uh, spread in this game. Yeah. And, nice. and I know I know where you're going to lean on this, Birch. Let me ask Puma real quick. Do you think, if you had to pick right now, who ends up with the number one seed uh, for the AFC? Is it going to be the Chiefs? And their remaining games are uh, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. And then the, the Patriots have, I believe, uh, Colts, Bills, Jags, and Miami Dolphins. So if you had to guess right now, where do you think who's going to end up with the number one seed? I mean, it's close. It's mm-hmm. close. Um, I, I, Christ, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs mm-hmm. just because like, the Bengal. The no, it's not even that, dude. It's like the the Dolphins. As much as I bury them, like they've been playing better defense. They can potentially play spoiler the last week of the season, like we saw th- two, three years ago. At this point, still not um, over it. Yeah, still not over it. Um, and it's just you look at you look at what the Bengals have done. Like the Bengals have just bangled their way through the season at this point. Joe Burrow with the you know the the dislocated pinky. Like who knows what that's going to look like. And I, I I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go with the the Kansas City Chiefs. It's close. Like it's definitely close. I'm not just blindly saying this because I can't stand New England. It's, I'm just leaning that way just because of kind of how the schedule shakes out. Yeah. If if the Pats didn't play the Dolphins the, like at all during that stretch and like they ended their season with Jacksonville, yeah, no shit, I'm gonna hammer the the friggin' the New England Patriots. But the Dolphins can play them tough, so that's kind of what I'm expecting at this point. Especially if it's a, it's a home game, right? They're in Miami. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Flores. You know, getting a, a surprise victory. Uh, sweeping the season and saving his job. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm going with the Patriots getting the number one uh, pick, and I just don't see the Patriots losing anymore for the rest of the year. And truthfully, I don't see the the Chiefs losing for the rest of the year either. I mean, the only game I'm really concerned about for them is obviously the Chargers game. And who knows what Chargers team is showing up that week? I mean, they're going to beat the Raiders, they're going to beat the Steelers, they're going to beat uh, maybe the Bengals one as well. Could be a little bit of a toss up, but the Broncos, no. I mean. I guess the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Bengals is the one that could be a little bit of a toss-up for the Chiefs. But, you know, regardless, I, I think the Patriots are going to end up with the number one seed. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, You know, I, I don't see the Patriots losing another game this season. Yes, the Dolphins game in Miami the last week of the season does scare me a little bit. Just knowing the Patriots' history going down there late in the season or playing this team late in the season, they've always statistically had trouble uh, especially down in Miami, but you know I, I think that this team has everything going for them right now. They're they're well coached. They're they're playing you know complementary football in all three phases of the game. Um, and you know like UJ, I with the Chiefs, I they they scare the hell out of me in terms of a mm-hmm. playoff matchup. Um, but Gotta the Chargers game, mm-hmm. what's that? 
got to get home field advantage for the. Yeah, for the I don't want to be going to Arrowhead. I don't want to be going to Arrowhead. You can't send Mac out there in January in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, that's gonna be a bad disaster. Yeah, it need they, they you need that in in New England and like you the, the Chargers game and again, <coughs> both the Chargers and the Bengals have been incredibly inconsistent this year. They you know. At, earlier in the season, you know, we're calling them the, you know, in the cream of the crop of the AFC, and then they they go and they lay duds. So, it depends which which of those two teams show up. But those would be the two games as a Chiefs fan that I would be concerned about, just given how you know the offense for the Chiefs has played uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, and I think the Chargers and the Bengals can be summed up as you know inconsistent teams, but I think a lot of that is tied to the fact that both quarterbacks are. Some weeks going through a sophomore slump, but some weeks looking mm-hmm. like MVPs. Like both Burrow and Herbert will have weeks where they'll look absolutely insane. I mean, there's a few throws that Herbert made on on Sunday where I'm just like, holy shit. But then there's times where like, you know, he'll throw like <laughs> he'll throw a pick six for no fucking reason. So I think a lot of what's happening with the Bengals and Chargers comes down to happening with Joe Burrow and Herbert, how they're playing that week. So We'll see how that pans out. But the last game on the schedule we want to preview is a Monday Night Football game from next week. Uh, the 8-4 Los Angeles Rams are traveling to take on the number one seed in the NFC, the 10-2 Arizona Cardinals uh, in Glendale. So, Puma, I'm going to turn this over to you real quick. Who do you got to win this game? Cardinals. I think they're going to sweep the series. Um, they're, they're the better football team. They're the best team in the NFC. Uh, and that's with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins being out for about a stretch of three three games or so. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like this defense. I, I like this offense that you, you got going on here. With James Conner kind of found the, uh, I guess, not really the fountain of youth, but really the fountain of not getting dinged up that much uh, because he's. I think he's leading the league in touchdowns at this point, and that's without Chase Edmonds there to, to really vulture anything. He's still on injured reserve with, I believe, Birch. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a high ankle sprain. Yep. Or was yep. it a chest contusion of some sort? It was, it was an two. ankle. It was an ankle. Okay. But like you know, he's doing his thing. Uh, you know, the, you got Rondell Moore, the, the the rookie wide receiver for the Cardinals. He's had flashes from time. I mean, there's enough complimentary pieces here. If Kingsbury has really kind of found his form as a head coach, uh, you know, this time last year I was burying him for really bad clock management, bad red zone management, and uh, they really seemed around the corner. On the other side of the football, you know, you have the 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 Rams trying to build a team as if it's you know fantasy mode on, <laughs> on Madden, and it, it just it it doesn't seem to be working against teams with winning records. And I get it, Matt Stafford's been dinged up with a sh- shoulder elbow injury type of situation but you know for for all of the you know things and draft picks that you had to give up to get Stafford in there and to get you know to get Vaughn Miller and to you know you had to pay above the veteran minimum to to get uh, Odell Beckham Jr. there I mean you, you really haven't seen a whole lot of dividends for a team that was already penciled into going to the Super Bowl and having a home game as the Super Bowl you know home team um, so I, I'm not really buying it. I think this is going to be another loss against a team with the winning record. And I, I got the Arizona Cardinals here. Um, I don't have the spread in front of me, whatever it is. I'm, I think it's what, like two probably points. three, three and a half, two points. Um, yeah, yep. I'll, I'll lay the two points with, uh, with the Cardinals. Yeah, Puma, I'm with you. I, you know, you and I were kind of big on the, Car- the Cardinals early last year. 
Uh, you know, we liked what they were doing down there, and then they kind of faltered down the stretch. I think the complete opposite has happened this year. Obviously, the uh, Cardinals were without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins for three games, and they came out and they won two of the three. Um, I think that speaks to what Cliff Kingsbury is doing down there uh, with that team. James Conner, again, touchdown leader. As, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that catch he made you know, the mm-hmm. other night. Uh, unbelievable. It seems everything is clicking for them. And, you know, I, they control their own destiny with, uh, with winning the one seed in the NFC. On the other side, the Rams. The Rams have been a shell of themselves. You know, they made the moves to assign Odell Beckham and, uh, you know, trade for Von Miller. And, you know, th- they've been incredibly inconsistent since that has happened. Um, this is kind of a, a low-key big matchup for the L.A. Rams. Uh, give me the Cardinals here. I think they're going to take care of their business. I, I, I was big on the Rams in the in the preseason. They were my you know my Super Bowl pick out of the NFC this year. They've kind of let me down. Matthew Stafford has had himself some really bad games. Uh, you know for the for the Rams this year. You know with interceptions, costly turnovers. Um, you know this this game pretty much is them fighting to stay alive in the division hunt. Uh, if they lose this game, uh, the Cardinals have, I, are going to you know kind of run away with the division down there. Um, give me the Cardinals laying the two points. I'm with you, Puma. I, I like what they're doing down there. Um, yeah, let's let's go with it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals as well. Um, I've been. Um... I don't know why. I just didn't want to buy into the Cardinals. There's something about them that I just don't like. And I, I really have no more excuses, uh, no more uh, no more reasons not to like them. Um, Cliff Kinsbury's doing a hell of a job. He was my coach of the year candidate until Belichick won it last night. Um, I think he is is really showing you he has some good coaching chops because when, you know, Colin Murray went out for three weeks, they went two and one on that stretch. Um, and that was absolutely key and just speaks to the, the coaching that he's done with that team. So give me the Cardinals. Um, the big question I want to pose to you guys is if you want to guess as well for the NFC, who's going to end up with the number one seed? If you have to guess right now, would it be the Cardinals, the Packers, or the Bucks, And those three really seem to be the main key players for the number one seed. And just to give you the remaining schedule for the, the Cardinals as well, I've got the, the Rams on Monday night, got the Lions, which should be a win, the Colts on uh, Christmas Day, the Cowboys on January 2nd, and then the Seahawks on uh, January 9th throughout the season. So besides that Lions game, there seems to be uh, some uh, some fairly interesting games coming down the stretch for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I'm going to guess right now, just looking at the schedule, I really believe that the Packers are going to take care of their business and lock that up. I Looking at that Cardinal schedule, it's hard for me to see them not drop one of those games mm-hmm. and, and, you know, to finish a 15-2 and two season uh, in the 17-game schedule. The Packers are playing the Bears, the Ravens, the Browns, the Vikings, and the Lions. I, I think there's a strong possibility that that Packers team can win out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next five games, like, like we talked about, the Ravens are faltering. You know, the Bears are the Bears. The Browns are a mess. The Vikings, you know, just lost to the Lions in the last second play. And then they play the Lions the last week of the season. So I, if I'm going to pick right now, I'm going to go with the Packers to get the one seed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for I'll me, go it's with gonna, the Packers too. For me, it's either the Bucks or the Packers as well because I just think the schedule for the 
Cardinals is much harder than the schedule for the Packers and the, the Bucks. Um, you've already laid out the Packers schedule remaining, and for the Buccaneers, you got the Bills this week. But that's really it. Then they got the Saints. Uh, yeah. They're not going to lose them twice. They got the Panthers. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Jets and then the Panthers again. So that's four wins right there, even <coughs> if they lose to the Bills. So which I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to win out. So I think the Bucks are going to end up still the number one seed in the NFC. Who, who owns the tiebreaker between the Packers and the Bucks? Is it the Packers? Oh, good question. I um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, because if they be both the win Packers out, they're going to end up with divisional records, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to put that up be the tiebreak because they haven't played each other. Yeah, they haven't played each other. So will it be the NFC or the division records? Uh, right now it is uh it might be conference record at that point because mm. um, they right now they're 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 tied the Packers are ahead of them they both have the same divisional record but the Packers have one more win in conference than the bucks mm. do the pa- Packers are seven and two the bucks are six and three so if they both win out the Packers will get the uh, one seed. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, Tom Brady go up to a Lambo and beat uh, old bitch ass Rodgers again. Yeah, you know, that you know, right on par for the uh, the narrative of, of both quarterbacks right there. If that happens again, <laughs> um, all right, uh, we've got some best pets with the Puma, uh, where he's going to try to help you win some cold hard cash. All right, so I only got three bets in right now. Uh, some of the, the open tickets I got, I got Washington football team getting four points at home against Dallas Cowboys. Uh, laid out all the reasons in the previous section. Just rewind the pod. Um, I got the 49ers getting one point uh, on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a 4 o'clock game, so I'm not really that worried about the time zone change. If it was like you know a 1 o'clock, the early start window, I would probably wouldn't have touched this game. But uh, the 49ers have seemed to really start rounding into form uh, going down the stretch. Uh, George Kittle coming back is a huge addition. That dude was like... What, he had like 19 receptions for 135 yards and two or three touchdowns last week. The, the guy was an absolute machine. Um, and they're they're going to have to win out to really keep up with uh, with having a hope in a wild card, just given how the NFC West seems to be locked up with the Arizona Cardinals here. <clears throat> and plus, just the factor of the Bengals have bangled up their season at this point, and Joe Burrow, he clearly is in some pain uh, with his uh, dislocated pinky. I'm, I got the 49ers as a one-point dog. I would not be surprised by game day if the the role was reversed and the 49ers were actually favored by one or one and a half points. And then I also have the 49ers in a teaser. I teased them up uh, to seven points against the Bengals, and I also teased up the Baltimore Ravens uh, from two-and-a-half-point dogs to uh, to eight-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cleveland Browns. So those are my best bets right now. Uh, if I have anything else going in towards the latter part of the week, I'll definitely add that to my social media rounds. How'd you end up doing last week? Um, okay. Because okay, the... college college football killed me. Because uh, a certain somebody said to you to put money on Bama, but you was like, no, I ain't gonna listen to you, Jay Chima. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I faded JT and I paid for it. I had a, a, a decent investment on an alternate spread and uh, the regular spread for Georgia. And uh, that blew up in my face. But uh, the the bet that kind of saved the, the week was the uh, successful two-point conversion last night by uh, by the New England <laughs> Patriots. So that was, uh, that was good. But 
you know, all in all, whatever. It was a, it's been a rough season, but uh, we're we're gonna start winning some cash going down the home stretch here. Nice. Hey, I don't know what the whatever the spread is for Bama Cincinnati. If it's like less than seventeen points, take Bama, dude. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Bama's gonna Bama's gonna run all over Cincinnati. Um, and then the other game, the other college football game, the playoff one. Uh, Michigan and UGA. I really have no idea, dude. Just flip a coin with those two. I have no idea who's going to win. Right. Let's go Wolverines. Let's go. I was going to say, I might go khaki pants just because I think I, I think mm-hmm. the aura of Georgia being invincible came to a crashing halt uh, last Saturday. So I, yeah. I'd probably go with khaki pants, man, in Michigan. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a good chance that Michigan wins that game, man. Uh, I think uh, I think Michigan is built to take on Georgia and, and really uh, cause some damage. Now, that spread for Cincinnati Bama is 13-5 right now, which is – I would take that right now, truthfully. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> Lay the 13 and a half. Lay the wood. Uh, when when yeah. does it start, Jay? What is it, two weeks? So the December 31st, so three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Yes. Year's so, Eve. So what happens is um, the first two college playoff games, they'll kick off on the 31st, and then after that, on January 1st will be the six New Year's Day Bowls, which will be obviously like the big dogs like Ohio State and Utah and then Ole Miss and uh, who are they playing? Bale in the Sugar Bowl, which is going to be a great game, by the way. And then January 10th is going to be the, the playoff championship game uh, on, on Monday. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun couple of weeks in January to watch all those games play out. Yeah. Plus, you got Army-Navy this weekend. Let's go. Yeah, go Army, gonna be, sink Navy. That's going to be a good one. Uh, that, that Baylor-Ole Miss... Uh, have you seen the spread on that game yet or no? I have not. I did not see the spread in that game. Did they even release the spread that far out? I don't, I don't even know. It's like, it's like Baylor, Baylor is favored by 1.5 is what DraftKings says right now. Which is interesting. Really? That's in, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I might roll with Ole Miss because there's going to be a bigger Ole Miss contingent in the Sugar Bowl because it's in that region, you know? Yep. It's right up the road. Where's the Bowl? Is it still in Louisiana, right? Yeah, it should be in Louisiana. Yeah, I think it is in Louisiana. I think it's at the, yeah, at the yeah, Superdome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ole Miss is going to take over that uh, that stadium. Yeah, where the hell is it? Damn, I got to find that. I'll, I'll hop on that right now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in uh, it's in the Superdome. All right, and Any then the, the the final segment, we've got the Fantasy Bulls for Burge. Uh, back by popular demand. Another devastating week for me. Let me just tell you, I'm on like a six-game skid in my Dynasty League. Uh, Let me ask you this. Why did the Philadelphia Eagles activate Boston Scott (laughs) if they weren't even going to put him in the game? Because Minshew Mania took over the game, bro. Like, even even just give him a couple of carries. Does logic apply with Sirianni? Absolute trash. Like, I'm like... There you go. I had to choose, again, so last week I chose Ramondre Stevenson over Boston Scott. I rolled with Boston Scott this week because I thought he's back. He was, I think he had an illness. He was back in the game. They activated him. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard's still out. You know, they had Miles Sanders. And, you know, Kenny Gainwell hasn't been really involved. So I figured Boston Scott's going to give me at least, give me a few points, right? I, I'm not asking for much. I'm asking for five, six points. Just get me through my bye weeks. Laid a freaking goose egg. And guess what? I lost by less than a point in this game. Would have clinched a playoff spot if I won the game, and he doesn't even get me a point. I lost because Zach Moss, I think, caught a pass in the fourth quarter last night. 
Mm-mm-mm. Unbelievable. I I literally in this league that I that I've been in, I played with these guys for God since I was in middle school. So we're we're talking 15, 15 years here, and uh, I I have the absolute worst luck. Last year, leading, I had the most points for, but I had the, I had the, by far the most points against. Same thing the year before, and I'm running into it again. I'm coming down. I need to win to get in the playoffs, and it, it doesn't look good. I, I had high expectations for my team, and, and I faltered uh, down the stretch. It's an absolute devastating. Uh, luckily, in my other leagues, are, you know, I'm alive for the playoffs, so you know, there's some consolation. But uh, I don't really have much in terms of, uh, of ads here. If you're looking to pick up a, you know, the final bye week is week 14, so you know the Patriots, the Colts, you know, those teams are on bye. So if you're looking for a fill-in for uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor on your team. You know, you can hit up the Titans running backs who had themselves a day against the Patriots before they went on their bye week. Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hillard. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman's another guy, you know, with Michael Carter out. Uh, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here. A lot of teams' uh, playoffs with the 17-game season are going to be decided. This is the last week of the regular season in a lot of leagues. I don't know how that's how it works in your leagues, but... Uh, if you need some guys to, you know, get yourself into the playoffs, you know, those are the top top guys that you want to look for. You're kind of, again, scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying just to get by at this point. Uh, kind of like I am with having to play Boston Scott, laying me a goose egg. I increases my hatred for this Philly, this Philadelphia Eagles coach, man. I it started with with his introductory press conference. You know, he's clowning on him and. You know, they kind of got right with them, you know, going out, running the ball, run heavy. And, you know, they have their second best running back. They don't even play him. So it's like, I don't even know. Don't trust Philadelphia out there. Do not trust them. I think Miles Sanders got dinged up in this game too uh, this past week. So who the hell knows when it it comes to Philadelphia. You know, Jordan Howard's going to be back. Uh, Whether they're going to involve Kenny Gainwell more in the run game, who knows. So, yeah, that's where really where I'm at. I hope you guys are having a little bit better luck than I'm having in that league. Let me tell you. Nope. No, I'm in the losers lounge. But real, real quick before we get to the fantasy stuff, just breaking news: uh, Tom Brady, Sports Illustrated's 2021 Sports Person of the Year. Jesus Christ! He scared the hell out of me for a second. I was like, "What happened, Tom Brady? The COVID?" Yeah, What's yeah. No, no, no. Nah, nah. I just had to had to get that in there. But no, I'm I'm in the. I'm in the losers lounge. I needed to win last week. I'm out. Um, so I'm I'm not gonna really do any waiver wire ads at this point. I don't want to vulture anybody that's actually in the playoffs. Come on, play spoiler. Uh, play spoiler. Spot. I'm gonna play spoiler, but like I hate being that dude that's like making waiver claims where like I'm not even fighting for. You know what I'm saying? Like it's winner take all. So like if you don't win, you don't you don't win the championship. You don't win shit. So. I don't know. It, it kind of drove me nuts last year. There was a kid that would do ad drops all the time. And it's like, you're not, you're, you're like the 12th seed. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I get Play to the end, but I get, I get that too, Burge. But like, at the same time, like, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to vulture something, you know, where teams that are actually fighting for the championship or a playoff spot trying to get in. Like, I'm not going to be that dude. That's just me. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, anyone think, Darren Waller is going to be playing this week, and if he isn't, does anyone have faith rolling out Foster Moreau again because he laid a dud against the Washington football team last week? 
I don't know. It looks like to me that Waller's day-to-day now, so it sounds like there's a good chance he could suit up. We'll see the practice reports next week. I mean, I mean, you guys kind of – we talked about it in the game preview about where the Raiders are at at this point. Um, I mean, he may get his touches, but – Do you really want to roll him out there? Do you really <laughs> Yeah, you really want to trust, you know, what they've gone through. I mean, you know, hats off to them for fighting through it all, but – it, there's a better option out there. I'm I'm, I'm kind of fading a the backup to Darren Waller. Obviously, if Darren Waller's healthy, you play him. There's, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, that's all I got. Jay, you in the losers lounge? What, what yeah. are we What are we working with over here? I'm in the losers lounge, man. I fucking hate fantasy football so much, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Yo, I'm gonna add T Higgins. Who am I dropping? Am I dropping Pitts, Zach Ertz? Or Damon Harris, who's on a bye week and hurt mm. now. Uh, I got Ramondre, you might I got be Ramondre, able to drop pits. Like. I know. I got Ramondre Stevenson as well on the bench. Mm, I, well, I wouldn't drop Ramondre. I, I'd keep Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Zach Ertz maybe? Kyle Pitts? I mean, you guys have been on the Kyle Pitts, you know. Dude, I'm over Pitts. Yeah. What's going on yeah, this year down yeah, there I'm in Atlanta? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do pits. I just, I just did right now. Fuck pits. This is I mean, there's sp- been a lot. A spike, there's been a track record. This is a spike drop now. This is a, this is about my manhood. All right, I'm dropping him off because I, I've been, I feel emasculated by him. All right. Well, <laughs> listen to this. Kyle Pitts hasn't reached the end zone since October 10th against the Jets. Yeah. Fuck. What? Fuck he has one touchdown on the season this year, and it was in that game against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, that I think you made the right move there. I mean, obviously there's more upside with with Zach Ertz and that offense down there with Arizona. And I wouldn't, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fade either of the Patriots running backs because they seem so con- committed to running both of them out there. Uh, you know, at a time maybe that doesn't pan well for fantasy. You're kind of just hoping that you know when they when they're out there, they're in the red zone and they you know give it to them to score a touchdown at that point. But yeah. Kyle Pitts is the obvious option in, in a redraft league at this point. And then the other question I have is Hollywood Brown. He's been a mainstay in my lineup, but obviously with the struggles that the Baltimore Ravens offense has had the last five weeks, I mean, he's been scoring just abysmal points. Do I stick it out with them? Do I consider putting in – who do I want to bench for him? Well, I just put in a claim for, for T. Higgins. I was thinking maybe I'll start him over, over Brown. But he, let's say I don't get T. Higgins. I have Odell on the bench, and I have – that's really about it. That's only the option I have at wide receiver right now. Oh. That's a tough one because, I mean, despite the way that the Ravens have looked uh, over the last four weeks, I mean, he gets his looks. I mean, double-digit targets outside of last week over the last five weeks. Uh, I mean, he's getting his looks, which means if you're playing PPR, you know, you're getting a good, good percentage chance that you're going to get some points out of some receptions. I mean – in PPR against uh, not this past week, obviously this past week, but against uh, the Browns, you know, a couple weeks ago, I mean, he had eight receptions for 51 yards. Yeah, he didn't score a touchdown, but you're looking at 13 points there out of out of Hollywood Brown, and that's that's a startable you know receiver at that point. Um, if you're gonna make you know if you, if you I don't know where you sit in your playoffs if you need like some serious upside uh, to try to get in. Maybe you roll T. Higgins and hope, you know, maybe Burrow finds him for a touchdown next week. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at. You, you get to either play the upside or you play a little bit more of a, a safer bet from a guy who you know is going to get targets, granted the fact, you know, where the, the Ravens sit offensively. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just, uh, oh, then why? What does what, what, it matter? You play spoiler time. All right, we gotta fill air time. We got segments to uh, to get to get out there. Okay. We can't have the segment. I, I, I'm, I'm called very Loser's depressed. Lounge. Yeah. Well, I'm very depressed with how how my main league has gone over the last you know month and a half, where I'm losing right. by fractional points, and you know I'm playing guys that are getting goose eggs when they should be involved in the offense. It's like. What the hell? Like I, I, I have the worst luck when it comes in that league with those guys where I'm the most competitive against these guys that I've been playing with for 15, 20 years, and I have the absolute worst luck. The guy started Zach Moss over Kenyon Drake when Zach Moss was an inactive last week. Like nice. it seems like Oof. the logical move before the weekend would have been to play Kenyon Drake, but he stuck with that. It paid off for him. Uh, kudos to him for you know sticking with the guy, but. I just worse luck, man. I put up 135 points and I lose. Like that's 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 kind of where I'm at with with this league. It's just yeah. awful. Yeah, Oof. for me, right off the bat, man. Like I just made what I thought was good draft decisions, but they're just absolutely horrid. I mean, think about the like my top like three out of five picks were, uh, what's his face, uh, Run CMC, uh, Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, and all three of them trash. Yep. 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 I know the CMC business, man. Trust me. I I got him, and yeah, disappointing. Yep. All right. Listen to the fellas. That's all I really got. Oh, last question before we wrap it up, Puma. Is Minshew Mania officially back? Is my question. No, I think they're gonna stick with Jalen Hurts if he's if he's helping the play. That's blame. I I don't think I don't think you're gonna see your favorite quarterback Joe Dirt anymore. Damn it! At least this season. God, I fucking love that guy. Oh man, I gotta pull some receipts. You, you cut many a promo on on Gardner Minshew. <laughs> he's grown. No, he's grown on me. I, I really do like him now. I used to I used to fucking hate him, um, but he's uh, he's really grown on me. He's he's just a lovable guy, man. I did like the uh, the Top Gun esque jacket he had on yeah. uh, Sunday game day. That was that was a nice touch. And he produces right, like it's this... not like he doesn't produce, man. Like anytime he's out there, like yeah, I get his little stretch there in Jacksonville last year where he kind of started falling apart. But and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like he's surrounded with some good talent. He's gonna produce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, he gotta... leads the the quarterback draft the, the his draft class and, and you know. Yards and completion mm-hmm. percentage and whatnot. And hell, I believe didn't he lead the nation in passing at, yes, at Washington State when he was a Cougar yes, with, uh, with Mike Leach. So, yep, those two are yeah, cut from the so, same cloth. I see why they both got along with each other. Right. <laughs> Anywho, anything? Any closing thoughts? Or are we nah, safe to plug it up? Now we go, bro. Sick. Well, you know, you, you the Liz Taylor. I want to make sure you good. <laughs> Shut up and plug it up, bro. Come on. <laughs> this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the pod, uh, Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Uh, be sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Be sure to download, share, share amongst your friends, share amongst your family. Get the word out there. Uh, social media wise, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under Pro Football Radio or Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, Twitter machine at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma, Jay Chima, the captain of the ship. The man behind the ones and twos as well is at Jay Chima and our senior contributor, senior analyst, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine 
Burge, the goalie. Uh, be sure to follow him for the pants tent action for, uh, for the next 48 hours. Be sure to follow <laughs> him with Tuka Rask watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if Tuka Rask signs within the same week of the Bills laying an egg against the New England Patriots, uh, he, he might need to go to a doctor for as much pants tent action that he will be having going on. <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely do a welfare check at that point uh, for the guy. I don't think there's enough blood in the body for that. But anywho, <laughs> that's it. That's the plugs. Be sure to like, subscribe, and download. Share amongst your friends. Hit us up on social media. Follow us on all platforms. And uh, I-, I can't wait to see what we got to talk about next week going into another crazy week of As the NFL Turns. Yes, sir. And that is all. We'll talk to you guys next week. Via Codios! <laughs>